Well, hey, good morning. It's uh, Thursday, April 29th, 2021. Thursday, April 29th, 2021. How you doing, man? Uh, you know what? I'm not going to have the... Uh, I'm starting again early today, so I'm not going to have uh, the unemployment report uh, until tomorrow. Uh, but I still have some stuff to talk about. Um, PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. Uh, I, I so appreciate you coming every day when you can. Uh, it's very nice of you. If you can bring someone along with you, please do. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I truly appreciate you. Um, Google Political Views TV Podcast, and I'll show up right at the top of the list. Uh, and, of course, I'm available on tons of platforms. And, you know, tell, tell your friends that, uh, you know, the, if, if, the FBI, if the FBI decided to visit, visit me twice then I might have something going on, right? Let me, uh, I gotta turn my, don't mind me. I'm, uh, uh, carry on. I'll be back in, in, uh, uh, technical difficulties. I'll be back in 15 seconds or less. There we go. That should do it. Uh, U.S. President Joe Biden uh, delivered his first speech to a joint session of Congress at nine o'clock. Uh, nine o'clock last night, uh, Eastern Time. Nine o'clock Eastern Time, um, which is kind of late for Ted Cruz. Looked like he was falling asleep in the chair there because he doesn't like anything that he heard. Um, <clears throat> but I, you know, I, I don't really want to talk about the speech right now uh, uh, because uh, I really want to go a little bit deeper into it. I might might not even talk about it tomorrow. Uh, uh, but we'll see. But I want to talk about the thinly veiled attempt by the Republican Party to label themselves as the party of inclusiveness by having having Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina deliver the official GOP response. He is the only black Republican in the Senate. And they used him specifically because they think blacks are too stupid to realize what they're doing. That's exactly what they're doing. It was insulting. They Republicans are like, oh well, uh, let's have a uh, let's have our only black deliver the response, so blacks will think that we're inclusive and they should join us. Really. <laughs> Oh, man, that's a lot to choke down. But surely, you say, there must be black Republicans in the House, right? I mean, that's the Senate. There's only one black Republican in the Senate, and the Senate is largely white. But there must be black Republicans in the House, right? Well, there's 57 blacks in the House of Representatives. 55 are Democratic. Two are Republicans. For a grand total of three black Republicans in all of Washington, D.C. federal politics. Three. (laughs) Now that I have your attention, let's try and fix the world. Uh, Federal authorities raided the Manhattan apartment of the offices of Trump's personal lawyer. You know who he is, Rudy Giuliani, uh, yesterday. Amid a continu- continuing investigation into the former New York mayor's dealings 
in Ukraine. Uh, Rudy, man, great movie, bad politician. You guys have seen Rudy, right? Anyway, federal investigators uh, uh, have been examining Giuliani since at least early 2019 related to his business uh, dealings with uh, Ukrainian-born Lev Parnas and Igor Fruman of Belarus, who had been indicted in the fall of 2019 on a camp on campaign finance charges. And I talked about these guys several times uh, this past summer because there was a lot of stuff going on and they were, they were um, talking with federal authorities and I knew this was coming. I knew this was coming. Uh, investigators seized, uh, seized several electronic devices during the raid. Uh, the search warrant suggests that federal authorities were pr- uh, further pursuing their investigation into whether uh, Giuliani illegally lobbied the Trump administration on behalf of Ukrainian officials and oligarchs in 2019 ahead of the uh, you know 2020 election, uh, which is he was doing. I mean, come on, it, it was so patently obvious what Giuliani was doing over there. It's it's insane. He was trying to get he was trying to get dirt on Hunter Biden. He was trying to get it, and that was the big that was supposed to be the October surprise, and it fell so flat it was hilarious. Anyway, moving on. Um, the uh, first juror to speak out about the deliberations in the Derek Cho, uh, Chauvin trial said yesterday that nothing going on outside the courtroom influenced the jury's decision to find the uh, former Minneapolis police officer guilty on all counts. Uh, for causing George Floyd's death. Remember, the uh, the uh, defense was saying, oh, you know, uh, 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 what's her name, the congresswoman, uh, uh, was saying this, and that's going to change the jury's mind, and uh, all sorts of stuff like that, and the jury's like, uh-uh, no, nothing like that happened. Uh, anyway, his name's Brandon Mitchell. He's juror number 52. Uh, he said, uh, we just felt like the evidence was overwhelming for our verdict. It didn't have to do with pressure from anywhere. I felt like we could have done this in like 20 minutes. This is basically what he said. He said, I felt like it should have been done, uh, it, it should have been 20 minutes for the jury to deliberate. Mitchell said that all but one person in the jury was immediately on board with guilty verdicts on all counts. So usually what happens in a jury is, is uh, they, the first thing that the jury does is they vote, right? Anyway, he said, I think there, there was one, one person that uh, they had to convince. Uh, uh, and, and he said, I think uh, they just wanted to do their due diligence and wanted to make sure they understood the terminology correctly, you know, of what the uh, judge said. So... While deliberation in, in, in total lasted about four hours. Four hours. That is so fast. And remember what I said. If it was going to be fast, he would be found guilty. No doubt in my mind. That's how it happens. Uh, Mitchell said he didn't think they needed uh, to be longer than an hour in total. The evidence, He said, the evidence was overwhelming that he was guilty in my opinion. That's what he said. I, and then he wanted to say, he said... I thought it was a no-brainer. So, and then I, I'm, I'm guessing that's what most of the jury thought. 
you know. There was this one person that was just concerned about the judge's instruction specifically and, and wanted to make sure he didn't violate the judge's uh, instructions, which is, is good because then uh, if they did that, if, if they violated the judge's instructions, then, then the defense could challenge it for some reason. So, so I guess it was good that, you know, it took a little longer. <laughs> Uh, moving on, yesterday's announcement by the U.S. Department of Justice that three men imprisoned in Georgia. Uh, these are the men that uh, killed Ahmad Arbery. Remember that one? Uh, they're imprisoned in Georgia on murder and other charges in connection with the death of, of uh, Ahmad Arbery. Uh, also have been charged with federal hate crimes and attempted kidnapping. Kidnapping, of course, is federal. Uh, according to a, a Department of Justice uh, statement, Travis McMichael, his father Gregory McMichael, and William uh, Bryan were each charged with one count of interference with rights and with one count of attempted kidnapping. Uh, Travis and Gregory uh, McMichael were also charged with one count each of using, carrying, and brandishing and in uh, a firearm, of course. And in Travis's case, discharging a firearm during and in relation to a crime of violence. Uh, they're going to get life in federal prison. Uh, the statement added, Arbery, who was... No, no, that's what the statement added. Arbery, if you remember, he was uh, 25 years old. He was jogging uh, in the Satilla Shores neighborhood of Brunswick, Georgia, on February 23, 2020, when he was confronted by Travis and Gregory McMichael, who claimed... They believed Arbery had, uh, may have stolen uh, from a proper, property under construction. He went onto the property. He was checking out what they were doing, how they were building and stuff. I mean, some people are just curious. They just go onto these properties and go, oh, this is cool. Look what they're doing here and look what they're doing here. That's basically what he was doing. And there was videotape. He did nothing in there. He did nothing in there. All he did, there was literally videotape because they had a camera set up just in case something happened. All he did was go in and look around. That's it. And these guys murdered him in cold blood. Uh, what what everybody calls a lynching. It was a, literally a modern lynching. This was a horrible case, and and these guys deserve the worst they can get, as far as I'm concerned. Moving on, uh, the Biden administration is considering a rollback of some of the most stringent Trump-era sanctions imposed on Iran in a bid to get the uh, Iran to uh, return to compliance with the 2015 nuclear accord. And that's according to current and former U.S. officials and other people. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of against this, but I understand the issue, uh, uh, as explained in the way I read this, that, that, that Trump went overboard on purpose. Anyway, American officials have refused to discuss which sanctions are being considered for removal, but they have said they are open to lifting any sanctions that are inconsistent with the nuclear deal or that deny Iran the relief it would be entitled, uh, entitled to should it return to compliance with the accord. Uh, the uh, Biden administration officials say, oh, basically what they're saying is uh, Trump added all this stuff that had nothing to do with it. Had nothing to do with it. He just added it as extra stuff. Anyway, Biden administration officials say this is necessary because of what they describe as a deliberate attempt 
by the Trump administration to stymie and return to the deal. When Trump reimposed sanctions after withdrawing from the deal in 2018, he not only put the nuclear sanctions back in, but also added layers of terrorism and other sanctions on many of the same entities. In addition, the Trump administration imposed an array of new sanctions on previously unsanctioned entities. So he went overboard. Um, so I didn't understand completely what Trump did, but apparently it was uh, out of character of uh, being fair, I suppose. Moving on to China, Russia, China, Russia, China, Russia, China, Russia, China, Russia, China, Russia. <laughs> A European report said yesterday Russian and Chinese media are systematic systematically seeking to sow mistrust in Western COVID-19 vaccines in their latest disinformation campaigns aimed at dividing the West. They started, you know, sending out news articles. Oh, this does this, this does this, this does this. You should get the Russian vaccine. You should get the China vaccine. Uh, From December to April, uh, Russia and China uh, state media outlets pushed fake news online in multiple languages, sensationalizing Uh, Vaccine safety concerns, making unfounded links between jabs and deaths in Europe and promoting Russian and Chinese vaccines as superior. That's according to the EU study. And this is, of course, because, well, well, uh, uh, China is like a giant business. It's, it's, uh, they're calling it communist, but it's really close to fascism. You know, but of course, communism and fascism are are, are extremely close. Extre- they're the same thing. The worker loses out either way. And Russia is just turning into uh, an oligarchy. Oh man, let's just move on from that. The, uh, uh, China and Russia are going to be a problem for the next decade at least and I'm hoping we don't go to war but it's getting closer and closer to looking like we could another world war the world against Russia and China and that would be a bad one. Oh, Canada an Ontario Supreme Court judge has declared unconstitutional Legal provisions that ban sex workers from being able to work safely, including by being able to advertise on third-party platforms, hire security, work together and communicate with clients. And I've seen a lot of talk about this online, about how how Canada, uh, the the conservatives got got in uh, power and they changed this law uh, that allowed some sex work to make it like impossible. Anyway... Superior Court Justice Philip Sutherland ruled yesterday that a set of criminal offenses introduced by federal conservatives in 2014 related to advertising, procurement, and material benefit from sex work are immediately of no force and effect. The legislation allows commercial sex work to continue. Uh, Sutherland uh, wrote in his decision, finding that the law breaches the right of sex workers to life liberty and security of the person. Now, this could be looked at by lawyers in the United States and guess what could happen? I'm serious. This would be interesting. Uh, The legislation cannot stand in the path 
of uh, this is the, this is the judge talking about the legislation that that the uh, conservatives uh, put in. It says the um, the legislation cannot stand in the path of commercial sex workers who take steps to protect themselves and their health from violence or harm. The scheme created he called it a scheme. The scheme created by Parliament. I find does exactly that, grossly limits or prevents sex workers from taking steps to protect their health and safety, and in doing, makes the allowed activity more dangerous. The law made it more dangerous for sex workers instead of uh, helping them. Um, She said it does not address other provisions in the act, including banning the purchase of sex and communication for the purpose of purchasing sex, which makes it difficult for sex workers to... uh, Uh, screen clients who are trying to avoid detection. She said the law also contributes to the stigmatization of sex workers and can encourage them to be seen as targets for violence. By the way, in the the state of California, there's a new law that went into effect a couple years ago where it used to be a sex worker who was attacked or raped or something like that couldn't go to the police because then she would be found, uh, uh, they could use her sex worker against, uh, against them. But now, if a felony is uh, made against a sex worker in California, uh, the police have to ignore the sex work and go after the felony. Uh, She's absolved of the sex work crime. Of course, there could be other crimes that she did at the same time, but uh, if it's just sex work, she can't be uh, held accountable for it. I say she, that was wrong. That was wrong of me. There are also male sex workers. Uh, and non-binary. The Supreme Court uh, gave Parliament a year to come up with new legislation to fix it. Uh, The Crown in the current case uh, similarly argued that Sutherland should give Parliament a year before declaring the law invalid. Uh, You know, they, they, they argued that public safety would be endangered through the continued exploitation of vulnerable commercial sex workers and that obtaining convictions against uh, purchasers of sexual service would be more difficult. But Sutherland disagreed that it would make convictions more difficult, finding that continuing to prosecute a constitutionally invalid law for a year would not be keeping with the principles of the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. And this is awesome. I think this is awesome. I mean... uh, Sex work should be legal. Uh, And basically, I mean, think of Roe v. Wade. Roe v. Wade is not a law about abortion. It has nothing to do with abortion. The decision in Roe v. Wade states that a woman has the right to do what she wants with her body, just like a man does, you know? So... Basically, you could use Roe v. Wade to defend sex work because a woman has a right and a man has a right to do what they want with their body. The government cannot tell them what they can't do. Anyway, that's it. Uh, Sorry, I mean, uh, my news has been light in the last uh, couple of days because I've been getting up really early to get out of here. uh, but but tomorrow, uh, Friday, we'll be back to normal uh, uh, with uh, uh, full reports. Uh, you get, thank you so much for coming. I so appreciate you. 
Uh, but that's it. Thanks for listening. Thursday, April 29th, 2021. I did it in under 20 minutes. Isn't that cool? PVTV, Political Views TV podcast. That's what you Google to find me. Tell your friends to Google Political Views TV podcast. And remember, always remember, government profit is measured by the betterment of the people. Don't you ever forget it. I'm Peter Lawrence from Los Angeles.